welcome to Futures Lit, the podcast. I'm Jen Ross. Have you ever had a light bulb moment talking to someone outside your circle? This podcast aims to create that experience, bringing you conversations with people from diverse backgrounds, sharing their ideas and experiences. I'm recording this podcast in Brisbane, which is an Australian city on Turrbal and Yagara land. And I pay my respects to the traditional owners and their ancestors, past, present, and emerging. In today's episode of Futures Lit, plastics researcher Dr. Nicole Garifano unpacks solid waste management. This episode is part one of a two part series. Part one was recorded in late 2016 at the start of Nicole's research. Return to the podcast in a few weeks' time to listen to part two, which will reflect on Nicole's research at completion. Whilst there are future-lit skills throughout this conversation with Nicole, the big focus is on future-lit knowledge. Today I'm joined by Nicole Garifano, uh, an environmental consultant and a very good friend of mine. I actually call her an environmental guru. <laughs> Thank you for including me on your show. It's a it's a real pleasure to talk to you because this is a topic that I sadly don't actually know enough about and I should know more. We always talk about triple bottom line, social, economic, environmental, and I know what climate change is, obviously, but I don't know enough about more technical areas of environmental management, so I'm really excited to talk to you today. Good. Well, hopefully I can share some knowledge of what I've accumulated over the years. Excellent. So um, just to start, Nicole, I wanted to ask a question just so that anyone listening can understand a bit more about your background and who you are. So how did you get started and get your foot in the door? So I didn't have a plan. I would say that I got into this space rather organically. I actually got into a volunteer role in Barbados in the Caribbean whilst on a round the world uh, go find myself adventure. And literally it was it was more that I had found a, a an organization that I could contribute my time and energy into that aligned with my values, that was quite committed to, you know, maintaining a, a sense of sustainability and, and educating people on, on how daily practices could improve our use of resources. But again, at the time, that was all more out of self-interest rather than having a degree in environmental management or anything like that. My first career was actually in the travel industry. My 14 years in, in the travel industry was actually an, a godsend, um, not only from the perspective of operational logistics and so forth. Every person that you deal with is a customer it's, and it's imperative that you maintain that relationship, build that relationship and, and build rapport and, um, and, and be able to maintain that um, throughout. So, yeah. So Barbados is a small island state in the Caribbean. Yep. So what made Barbados stand out as the place that you kind of spent a lot of time and you stayed? Yeah, well, I ended up, I ended up staying in Barbados for eight years. But it started with a three-month little sojourn at the, at the back end of a 12-month um, round-the-world trip. I literally picked it because American Airlines flew there and I could get there on my one-world ticket that I held in my hot little hand. And uh, through a series of serendipitous introductions and conversations with people in South America before I got to Barbados, I, I ended up deciding that, yep, that looks good. 
And uh, so I went and I had a, a one month of um, sitting under palm trees and drinking rum punch as you do uh, but then I decided that I needed to do something and it was uh, you know if I'm going to be here for the next couple of months I'd like to fill my days with something else and so that's how I ended up going to an organization called the Future Centre Trust and that organization was focused on environmental education primarily of, of uh, children but did have some activities at the time focused on adult uh, raising adults awareness of, of their environmental ecological footprint. Do you think that the um, environmental issues in small island states are really different and unique from the situation that we have in countries like Australia or is there similar themes, similar issues, similar kind of policy debates? I think there are similar themes but but simply by the sheer fact that they are small, it's it's a lot more condensed and so and issues become a lot more pressing. Is um, the impact cycle quicker in terms of something happens and people immediately see it in their food production yes, or yes. some like whereas we'd just go to Coles or Woolworths, the food yes. would still be there. Yeah, you'd just switch supermarkets. Whereas in, in island states you, you either have one choice of a market or you might have a couple of supermarket chains, but when one particularly if you take agricultural products, when one agricultural crop fails within the country, you generally, that's it. People just don't have access to it. So unless they import it, of course. Which then has the economic and social kind of flow-on effects. You're about to embark on several years of research in solid waste management. Yeah. And when you were telling me, I smiled and nodded, but I didn't really know what <laughs> solid waste management was. I had to, like, Google it. Um, so can you explain? Because when you say waste management, I initially in my head think of like sewage management but solid waste management is quite different so solid waste management is quite different so my interest because of my experience in Barbados and staying there for all that time and and working in in the space of solid waste because it's a small island state with limited land to put landfills and and so on it's become really quite an area of, of focus for me. Um, so particularly with island states, solid waste generation, everybody mm. generates solid waste every yeah. single day. It's a major public health concern, mm -hmm. particularly in island states, which tend to sit in, in tropical regions. You have issues of vectors, mosquitoes, rats, leptospirosis, malaria, dengue, chikungunya, Zika virus, um, all of these things that uh, solid waste can exacerbate. Well, even like living in Samoa, I remember neighbours burning their rubbish and mm. burning plastic. Mm. And that was mostly so the dogs wouldn't eat it because it wasn't getting collected. But well, sometimes it would get collected. Sometimes maybe it would happen another day. But um, people were burning the plastic yeah. and the fumes from that. Mm. Like you can smell it. Mm. You know when someone's burning plastic. Mm. It's got to be really bad for you. Yeah, yeah. And so, so solid waste management is about the collection processes. Mm -hmm. So from your house, um, you know, who collects your waste? What happens to that waste? Is it just taken into a landfill or is it sorted for recycling? Or, you know, th there's several different methods that you can do. But it's, it's the adage of reduce, reuse, recycle, the three R's, the, the waste hierarchy where one tries to avoid having waste in the first place, reduce the waste that you actually produce, reuse where you can, recycle. Landfill is, is disposal. And then, of course, there's a, the new technology of waste to energy. So... 
really what it is, is it's about the processes, either technical processes that are put in place, policy decisions that are supporting the ability to, to you know, implement technical solutions. And then the third part to it is, is how communities participate uh, or contribute to the management of, of how their daily waste generation is, is managed. All of that is solid waste management. Um, but my specific interest is that when you have an island state, that solid waste becomes an even bigger issue because you generally don't have the land space to have landfill. So when there's excess waste, does the country sell it to somewhere else or how do they, how do right. they dispose of it if they don't have the land to store it? Yes, so there are a couple of options. If countries have policies that, that enable recycling, so container deposit schemes uh, such as what exists in South Australia where you take your bottle and you get 10 mm-hmm. cents back. Some of those schemes can be useful but even with those situations people would collect up their recyclable materials, containers, cash them in and then they generally get processed and sent off the island uh, to other developed economies. So it's still in the world like still that in the world. waste that's been created. Mm-hmm. Something that I thought was interesting as well, and I mentioned this a couple of you know months ago when we met, was I saw on Facebook an article about a guy that a young guy that had organised to clean up the ocean mm. by collecting plastic that's in the ocean. But what you pointed out was it's not just about collecting it and cleaning it up, but what what do you do with it once you collect it? Because exactly. it's huge amounts of plastic, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's good to not have microplastic in the mm. ocean, but. Mm. It's not just about collecting it. Mm. We've got to avoid making it because mm. you can't store it. Exactly. Because the other the other more sort of, I suppose, more modern intervention with, with dealing with waste is waste to energy, which is where it's 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 a it's a taking an old process of incineration but capturing the the gases that are released in in the process in some cases in some situations waste to energy if it's controlled and if it's monitored and and you know these kinds of things are enforced it can be part of a solution to how to uh, reduce waste going to landfill but in island states where a lot of the time the policies to enforcement of uh, air regulation monitoring and so forth are not always kept up because of technical, human resource, financial challenges, there is a a much greater possibility that the plant might do more harm than good. And these waste-to-energy plants, you know, they process, let's say, it could be a 1,000 tonnes a day of waste that's that's, uh, processed, that's burnt or that's that's gasified through a waste-to-energy process. But, you know, and, and this is where I suppose the sort of the next part to, to the question comes along is, okay, well, you're either landfilling waste yeah. or you're putting it in a waste-to-energy process, but surely there must be another way. And that's where I think the development part, the develop, development discussion comes into it. In my experience and certainly in my, in my opinion, that there are opportunities that exist for livelihood uh, improvements, entrepreneurial opportunities in small island states to improve waste management, um, either through elements of recycling or just looking at waste as a resource rather than as a, as a, a matter of, of public health that needs to be disposed of.
Do you and I, we were at a book launch recently. I won't say whose book launch it was. But I remember the person presenting about their business and about entrepreneurship. She was saying that foam, pyrus. Polystyrene. Polystyrene cups are not bad for the environment. Polystyrene is actually better for the environment than paper cups. Mm. And I could just, I could, I could hear your breathing getting heavier because you were like, <laughs> I could see that you really wanted to say like, that's wrong. So, um, in terms of the types of waste we're producing, some waste is worse than others, mm. I assume. Yes. Yeah, so definitely. what would be the better, more organic waste, I guess, the green waste, yeah. coconut shells, that sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, this is what we're talking about here is household waste. Of course, yeah. there are a whole other scope of commercial waste that are produced that are quite hazardous. And so we're not talking about that. We're talking about municipal solid waste, which yeah. is what we produce in households. Because I guess the other thing too is when we're buying products for our households, we don't know how much waste that product has already created in making yeah. the product. Exactly. And so it's... It's quite a huge area, actually, that you're embarking on doing more research in. And I, I'm really looking forward to hearing when you do um, comparisons between different small island nations. Mm. I, I, I'd be really interested to read some of the findings from your research. Well, yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, I'm also, I'm also really looking forward to doing some comparative studies to other developing nations um, or developing country cities such as uh, Cairo is, is okay. some really great examples of, of recycled community-led recycling models um, that have been challenged by various policy interventions over the last several years but really quite proven um, you know entrepreneurial activities that that have been implemented uh, for, to support people's basic livelihoods. So it's comparing what exists out there to, you know, what could potentially happen in island states um, to contribute to to um, economic development. Amazing. That's mm. that will have such a big impact on the world as yeah, well. I hope so. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me today for the podcast. My I really pleasure. appreciated your time and all Thank your you. insights. Just before you go, I wanted to ask if you have any advice that you would give your younger self. Now that you look back, I'm sure you can see quite clearly how everything kind of fell into place. Mm. But is there any advice you'd give your younger self or? Yes. So the advice would be always be open to new opportunities. The five-year plan question is a very popular uh, job interview question. What's your five-year plan? In my opinion, it's always good not to necessarily have one. Be open to opportunities. Be open to contributing yourself to any number of different volunteer opportunities yeah. that you can find because they can really change change your circle with whom you associate and, and change your your worldview and, and and have some ideas of, of what you'd like to achieve in life. But um, But, yeah, just go with your eyes wide open. I hope you enjoy listening to Futures Lit. If you do enjoy the podcast, please rate, review it and share it with your friends. Thank you. Thank you.